Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the fourth episode of Gen Xenomics, which is brought to you by the Young Investors Society. I'm your host, Gregory Shelsey, and in today's episode, we're going to be covering price-to-earnings ratios and price-to-earnings-to-growth ratios, which are two of the most important ratios when it comes to analyzing a stock. Before we begin, I want to ask you all for a favor. I make these podcasts for free, and I would really appreciate it if you could make sure that you're following us on Spotify, on Apple Music, and sharing it with people who you think might like the podcast. I don't want anything other than just to see my community grow, and the only way that my podcast's community can grow is if you take a few seconds right now and share it with someone who you think will be interested. I'd really appreciate it. Without further ado, let's get into the episode. A price-to-earnings ratio is probably the most important ratio when valuing a stock using fundamental analysis. It was created by Benjamin Graham, the man who taught Warren Buffett, and investors all around the world use it to value their stocks. Now, you can get it just on the internet or through whatever brokerage firm you use, but I still believe it's important to learn how to find it yourself. So the way to find a price-to-earnings ratio is simple. You divide the stock price, whenever you're making this calculation, by the earnings in the previous quarter. That will give you a price-to-earnings ratio for the previous quarter of the stock. Now, you have to understand, price-to-earnings ratios can go multiple ways. First of all, you can do them for an entire year, and that usually is a great way to figure out how strong a company has been annually instead of just in the past quarter. Furthermore, you can do it for the past or present. And I'm usually a big fan of doing price-to-earnings ratios, but in the future. You do this by dividing your company's share price by the earnings from the past few quarters or the next few quarters. This gives you a better outlook about the growth of the company and how fairly it's valued. But once you find this ratio, it's important to understand how to use it properly. A lot of people like to use price-to-earnings ratios and just look at a number, but that's really not how you're supposed to do it. If you want to use a price-to-earnings ratio properly, you need to compare the price-to-earnings ratio of the stock that you're looking at with its industry or its competitors. For example, I don't want to just look at the price-to-earnings ratio of Apple and deem whether it's good or not. I want to compare its PE with companies like Samsung and Google and other people who are also in the IT space, especially in the consumer electronics field. This will let me know if Apple is fairly valued in relation to its industry and its peers, not just generally. If you don't do that, you could be comparing a tech company to an oil company, which means that you'll never really get an accurate read on what makes a price-to-earnings ratio fair. But generally, a price-to-earnings ratio below 15 is deemed to be really solid, and anything below or anything above 20 is deemed to be too much. But I personally am a little bit more lax. Anything below 25 for me, I think, is fine, and anything above that is when I start to get weary. But you do have to remember the industry. Amazon has an astronomically high price-to-earnings ratio, but it's just because they spend a lot of money on research and development. If they wanted to, they could funnel that money into earnings, and it would be essentially nothing. So remember those few caveats when you're looking at price-to-earnings ratios. Another important thing to remember when you're looking at price-to-earnings ratios is to remember the fact that a lot of companies haven't even generated profit yet. Although this might not seem like a big deal, it's important to remember that you can't divide a share price by earnings if there are none. So if you go into your brokerage account, you can probably see a few companies, whether you own them or not, have negative price-to-earnings ratios or maybe they're just zero. And I'd like to warn you, a negative price-to-earnings ratio or a price-to-earnings ratio of zero isn't a good thing. It doesn't mean that a company is severely overvalued. It just means that they legitimately have not made any money yet. Now, 
as you grow out of being just a fundamental investor, that might not scare you. But if you're new to investing, don't look at incredibly low or negative PE ratios as a good thing because it could be indicative of the fact that a company either hasn't made money or is losing money. Now that we've covered price to earnings ratios, how to get them and how to apply them, it's time to take the next step and start to discuss price to earnings to growth ratios. Price to earnings to growth ratios, or PEG ratios for short, were created by Peter Lynch and they basically take a price to earnings ratio and also account for the future growth of the stock and its earnings. For example, let's say you look at a stock like Apple. You take its price to earnings ratio and then you divide that by the growth that it's expected to see in its earnings for the next few years. This, in turn, gives you a much more accurate representation of the growth that you're paying for, not just the current earnings. And let's not forget, growth and future outlook are the most important things in the stock market. The best price-to-earnings to growth ratio that you can get is anywhere between 0 and 1. This signifies that you have enormous amounts of growth while not paying a large premium for it. A value between 1 and 2 is pretty good, and a value above 3 means that the stock could be overvalued. The key word here is could be. Just like with a price-to-earnings ratio, it's very important to remember that basing an entire stock decision off of a ratio is not an intelligent thing to do. For example, Tesla probably had well above a price-to-earnings-to-growth ratio of two months ago, and it's only continued to go up. That's because ratios don't account for an entire story. Peter Lynch's ratio isn't meant to factor in electric vehicle sales, and that's what it's important to keep in mind while investing. Use these ratios. Use them responsibly. And honestly, to get a feel for them, try finding them on stocks that you own or are looking to own. And then remember that although they're a great indicator of future success in a stock, they are not the be-all end-all. And if you start basing financial decisions based solely off of these two ratios we've discussed today, I guarantee you will begin losing money. So let's conclude everything that we went over today. Today, we learned about price-to-earnings ratios which is a way of valuing a stock and understanding how much earnings you're getting per share. You find this ratio by dividing the current price of the stock by its most recent earnings, and anything below 15 to 20 is considered good, and anything above that is usually considered overvalued. We also learned about price-to-earnings-to-growth ratios, which divide the price-to-earnings ratio by the future growth potential of the stock to determine how much of a premium you're paying for growth in the future. But Let's not forget the most important thing from today's lesson. It's not about finding the ratios, it's really about using them responsibly. If you use these ratios by comparing a company that you're looking at with other companies in the sector or the industry as a whole, you're doing the intelligent thing. If you're buying stocks just because they have a low price to earnings ratio, you're looking for a surefire way to lose money in the market. Thank you all so much for listening to the Young Investor Society's fourth episode on price to earnings and price to earnings to growth ratios. I'm your host, Gregory Shelsey, and please tune in for next week's episode, where I start breaking down the 11 sectors of the stock market.